Five. It's on. Four. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, it's okay. Out. We can crop pull this out. All right. Five, four, three, two, uno. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to the Jersey Alchemist. I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. Joined with Philip D'Angelo. How are you? Good, Phil. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to see everybody back. Always a pleasure. I loved our first uh, our first podcast, first Absolutely. episode. A lot of useful information, a lot of interesting information uh, about the spiritual world and how it affects, you know, everybody's life. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And if you think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket, uh, in some senses, that's exactly what's going on. The world's being co-opted by an evil set of elite people that are looking to perpetrate this whole ugly, tyrannical New World Order thing. Now, just because I said that, don't tune out. Get on this topic because it's happening. Whether you ignore it, whether you deny it, or whether you're all in on what's going on and who's doing it. So if we can all get on the same page, that there are people that are hijacking humanity, that's the only way that we stand a chance of stopping it, of thwarting it, and returning humanity back to some semblance of what I would call reasonable tradition. Didn't one of the world leaders uh, in that NATO summit mention the New World Order, like of this week? Of course. So, now it's All you have to do is, is Google search the New World Order or look on, on YouTube or Rumble, and uh, they're out now. In other words, they were trying to hide this for, for decades. It was their big hush-hush plan, and it was a plan uh, that was called Agenda 21. And uh, what happened was Bill Clinton, when Bill Clinton uh, dethroned George H.W. Bush, that's W's dad, out of the presidency, they weren't enemies, not at all. The media made you, made us think that they were. They're not. They're all on the same team, and they're stacked up against who? Against you, against your parents, against your children, against your relatives, against your friends, against us. They are stacked up against humanity. Sorry to say that's the truth. So the original thought was this is Agenda 21. And uh, George H.W. Bush, you can look him up on YouTube. Also, just plug in George H.W. Bush, State of the Union, New World Order. He comes right out on international television and says, we have a real chance to create a new world order and we will succeed. We will live by the law of the land, not the law of the jungle. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. So what happened was uh, when Bill Clinton, Slick Willie, when Slick Willie took over, and remember, those guys were just on the same team against us, he didn't like the fact that that whole thing was called Agenda 21. Yeah, it, it sounds a bit suspicious. It sounds a little bit scary. So he called it um, sustainable progress or something like that. You know, I just forgot the name. Um, oh, it went in right. and out. Yeah, it went in and out. Uh, John, yeah. do you think when somebody... A world leader mentions New World Order. Caffeine. <laughs> New World Order. That's why I have a problem with most of the media today. You think somebody would say, New World Order, like, what are you talking about? Could you explain that? Could you say anything? They don't even reference it. It doesn't even come up. Well, they're not supposed to. In other words, look, if, if you don't know that the building you're living in or the home that you're about to buy is infested with cockroaches, if you don't know that they exist... You're never going to get rid of them, right? No, right. So you have to know what's going on all around you before you can extirpate what is going to make your life miserable. So Agenda 21 turned into Bill Clinton's 
sustainable something. It was a much kinder, gentler title. But then they got pushed back. And they got pushed back, and now it's Agenda 30. Right. So their Agenda 30 is to have, basically, the New World Order in place, the fourth, um, um, the fourth economic, the fourth industrial revolution completely set. Um, so we're going to try to avoid talking about this every single episode, but it's ever-present. And you've heard the expression, all roads lead to Rome. If you want to know why, the world seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. And like I said before, it really is. It's because these people have co-opted or taken over every aspect of society, not just in the United States, all over the West. And if they can't take over the East, what do they do? They just decide that they... Um, are enemies of the interest of the American people, and then, oops, here we are committing regime change and blowing their cities to smithereens. Uh, so here we are in the throes of what, quite frankly, I've been railing against for at least a dozen years, and a lot of other people saw it, but most people that don't know anything about it, you know, they're, they're either just scoffers and deniers, or because they don't know about it and they maybe don't care enough and they think it's just a conspiracy theory, they don't want to skate over that thin ice because they don't want to seem stupid to other people. I don't give a flying shit what anybody thinks of me or how I think. I know what I know. I don't believe this and I don't think that and I don't ponder this and ponder that. I know what I know. So please get on board, join us in what I would call the fight against the global elite and the new world order. And I've got a lot more to say about that. But <laughs> Phil, take That's it away, many take it away brother. All right, well, how can we combine, being that we're into spirituality and God, okay? And that's a big part of a lot of people's lives, yours, mine as well. Right. Where does that fit in? with these people with the new world order or it doesn't fit in uh the religious the spiritual side of this no they're they're trying to subvert people's faith in a god that is not them uh as a matter of fact i, I i'm aware of what i would call some character i can't remember his name um but he's been making doing the rounds making the circuit on um podcasts, talk shows here and there. He's a slender guy with a bald head. He's an Israeli. That is not the point. The point is, I saw him on a, on a show today where he was talking about, you know, you will not be reverent to some god up in the, in the stratosphere or in outer space. You will be reverent to what's happening here. Ah, it's another globalist, another new world New World Order guy who is trying to um, reel us all in and have us believe what they want us to believe. These are the same people that are trying to meld biology with artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's another whole big topic. Absolutely. So it's not the New World Order. It's not really just about money. It's not about total. Well, it is about total control. But they're also trying to get all aspects, the religion and what you believe in and who you worship. Right. They're trying to take everything away, it seems like, and yeah. put in, you know, don't believe them, believe us, believe me. Well, that's... that's Mere mortals. Yeah, that, that's, that's, mean, that's exactly it. And... Um, I find that if, offensive. Yeah, well, <laughs> if anybody out there in podcast land believes that the ruling elite, you know, we hear this term tossed around all too often. Oh, he's part of the 1% or she's a one percenter. No, we're not talking about the 1% of the world's population. The one percenters are people that you know and love. They're all around you. We're talking about just a fraction of a fraction of the 1%. Maybe, maybe 3,000 people on this planet that are deeply embedded in perpetrating 
this whole new reset. Um, again, to recap, the three major tenants, at, at least in my understanding, to the new world order is a one world government, a one world religion. So for all of you Muslims out there, for all of you Jews out there, you Christians, you Hindus, you, you Buddhists, you can just take a big, big pencil with an eraser on it and just erase everything that you thought meant anything to you from a religious standpoint because the New World Order wants your religion erased. So please erase it for them. Otherwise, they think they're going to do it for you. Right. So they're going to come up with their own brand of a one-world religion. Don't think for a second that Pope Francis isn't deeply embedded in this whole movement. I promise you he is. Um, if the Catholic Church had to rely on its own ability and its own sturdiness, so to speak, to make it through the next century, they're going to fall flat on their face. Right. Uh, for a lot of the different reasons that we suspect that we already know. So they're going to be part of this one world religion. One world banking. Well, that's going to be a little bit complicated. Uh, the, the new financial or quantum reset is supposed to be coming in. And it's certainly not going to be precious metals. It's certainly not going to be the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has been slated for or tagged for execution for decades. So all of the financial strategists will tell you that, at least in modern terms, the first financial empire to rule the world was the Netherlands. We're not going back to ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, ancient Rome. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about modern times. The Netherlands, and I didn't know that, but it makes sense because all of the big castle-like homes uh, that are built along the Hudson River in, uh, in and along New York City, they were all, all built by the people from the Netherlands. After the Netherlands empire dropped off, the British empire came up. And the financial seat of the world is London. That's right. After World War II, the United States came up as the world superpower, and the U.S. dollar was named the world currency reserve. What does that mean? Well, I'm not an expert in that, but I know enough to tell you that if any particular country wanted to buy any goods or services from another country that produced it, for instance, let's say Russia wants to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, they have to buy it in U.S. dollars. That sounds a little coercive, a little crazy, but that's what it means to have your, your, uh, your currency be the world financial um, currency reserve. Now, the U.S. dollar is slated to drop off from that, and China is now slated to take up the slack and emerge as the next superpower financially, influentially all over all over the world. So that's coming. What else did we talk about? Yeah, so we talked about the governments. Uh, we talked about the financial system, and we talked about uh, religion. Where does that leave us, John? I mean, we the people. I mean, it seems like we're caught in the middle of this battle going on between our institutions and religions and big government, and we're just like pawns being played right. like ping pong going back and forth. Right. So uh, what I would say was, at least here in the United States, we were sold a bill of complete and utter bullshit that we didn't realize was bullshit. So when I was growing up as a kid in the 60s and early 70s, it was uh, it was mom, home, apple pie, little league baseball, all of that stuff. Uh, but the people who were controlling the media way, way, way back then, and the people that were controlling Hollywood way, way, way back then, they were treating us like we were their livestock. Right. So their agenda for us had nothing to do with what we thought our agendas were for us. Right. I mean, just a little manifestation of that would be in the United States, 
There's something called Social Security, wonderful. It helps people through their retirements, but the monies that were set aside for Social Security, which is every taxpayer's dollars, um, that's been pilfered. That's been robbed for decades and decades. Speculation is that by 2026, 2030, it's gonna be completely bankrupt. What are they gonna do at that part, uh, point? I don't know, I don't know. And, uh, and probably um, intercepting at that same time is gonna be the, the dissolution of the US dollar as the world currency reserve. And then maybe we're gonna be looking at some kind of Fed coin cryptocurrency. So if you haven't, if you haven't um, stuck your head through the cryptocurrency window, I suggest you do it. You don't have to like it. You have to learn it and it's not so difficult. You just have to begin. Hmm. So where does that, that leave? Where does that leave us now? If all this is going on and going on between behind the scenes, even though now it seems like it's coming to a forefront, I mean, what, what are people supposed to do? I mean, what group is out there? What person is out there or persons or people are out there that can somehow like stop it or can it not be stopped? This whole change, this new world order. Well, isn't that, isn't that a great question? Is who is going to stand in the way of stopping the New World Order? Uh, well, my friends on the left, God bless, I hate to say it, and I know you don't believe it, but anybody who thinks that they're about draining the swamp is talking about the scumbags that are perpetrating the New World Order. Whenever you can't understand why a politician has done something or some legislation passes and it, it's completely bewildering to you, it's all being done on purpose to destroy your energy and to destroy the sovereign uh, nature of the United States of America. Because the, the last real true superpower right now on the planet is the United States. And look what's happening. And by the way, this isn't a left versus right thing. That also is a, uh, is a commentary that's been just beat to death because anytime somebody that's either a centrist or to the right of center wants to say something, they fear offending somebody that's to the left of center. You know what? Get over yourselves, people. Get over the fact that you think you're to the left of center on the ruler of life or this guy's to the right of center or that gal's to the right or she's to the left. All you're doing is playing into their hands and you're, you're playing the divide game. The jerks in Washington are laughing at you if you think that you're a leftist or so-and-so is a right-winger. They're laughing at us because while we're divided, they're destroying the country. Now, whether you have the kumbaya, come one, come all attitude, right? Uh, regarding the southern border, if we just leave the southern border of the country opened and unfettered, and there's a global agenda to have a hundred million people cross that border, well, there's about 330 million people in the United States today, at least by the census. They think that there's about another 60 or 75, maybe even another 100 million people that are here. Ooh, here comes that word illegally outside of the system where if they're making money, they're paying taxes. Right. But you probably, if you're making money, are paying taxes. They aren't. Okay. I understand they, they're doing some crucial services, but let's say there's 100 million people above and beyond the 330 million that are already here. Okay, then where are we going to be when it's another 100 million two years from now? What happens to the educational system? What happens to the banking systems? What happens to housing? What happens to the energy grid? You got to think about all of that stuff. You know, you, a country can't be a country if it doesn't have boundaries and borders. You can't be a sovereign being unless you create your own sovereign boundaries and borders.
So I think it's time to recognize what's happening and say, wait a minute, we better put on the brakes here because if we don't resuscitate our country, there isn't gonna be a country. And there's a lot of people who are getting real juiced and jazzed over that notion. Oh yeah, finally the death of the United States. Let me tell you who some of the biggest United States haters are and were. It was a guy named Saul Alinsky. Just look up Saul Alinsky, A-L-I-N-S-K-Y. He was a mentor of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. He was a USA hater and a communist. And their documentation and their love letters back and forth are all on the internet to see. Now, why am I picking on, on those two? Because they were blatant about it. And a lot of their policies were reflective of what Saul Alinsky was trying to do. Now, do I think that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are any worse off for this country than Daddy Bush and Little Boy Bush? Absolutely not. No. As a matter of fact, if I had to say, if I had to make a list of a dozen people who I wanted to see tried and, I'll be nice, jailed, Daddy Bush would be at the top of the list. But he's gone, luckily for him. Interesting. Yeah. When you were talking about separate, separating us, all different groups, all different levels, whether it's by class, by religion, uh, what sexual preference you have, isn't that one of them uh, either a Marxism or a communism uh, credo? Isn't that like what's in their, their uh, portfolio? Uh, I'm not quite sure I understand the question. Okay. Um, I know when people talk about, you know, they're... They're anti-United States and the freedoms that we have in this country, and they believe in communism, and they believe or and or Marxism. I've heard, I don't know if it's true, that that is the basis of one of those communists or Marxists is to separate everybody, separate the groups, have people pitting, uh, fighting against each other, because like you said, once you keep them apart, they can't fight us or fight or know what's going on. They're fighting each other. And that's how we, that's how you disintegrate, you know, the fabric of the, of any country. Look when they came into here, um, look what's going on now with taking statues down. Oh. That started over right. in, in uh, other countries because the conqueror, the people that were invading, they wanted to uh, destroy the history of that. Of course. And right. it looks like our history, whether it's good or bad, I mean, is trying to be destroyed as well. Right. Yeah. Now, well, my opinion regarding, you know, the the monuments and the statues that are being ripped down to the chagrin of many and then to the uh, to the applaud of of others is that the the younger people who were applauding uh the destruction of monuments and statues i think i say to you that you know you're railing against segregation racism and that's all good stuff except there was a better way that completely got by you. Yeah, it did. And, and I'm going to say something else. You'd probably be offended if I say, I'm three times your age. So what comes with being on this, this planet three times longer than you have? A greater understanding of the way of the world and, and how humanity works. Right. It's, uh, it's not stubbornness. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a, a larger, uh, deeper understanding. So wouldn't it be wonderful to highlight some of the darker moments of United States history by spelling that out where certain monuments were? Leave them alone and let people understand where we were, where we came from, and where we don't want to go back to. Think about that. Instead of just trying to rip it down and erase it, because, you know, that old expression, I don't think I can get the, uh, the uh, you know, duplicate the quote exactly, but, a, but a, a, um, a society that forgets its history is bound to repeat it. So what are you thinking Give me a break. John, I mean, you talked about, you touched on the youth of America and being three times as old as somebody. I mean, just think what's going on between the breakdown of the family, uh, the way our kids are being educated, 
I mean, it seems like one group, uh, the education system is, uh, you know, spending a lot of time indoctrinating, I don't know if that's the right word, but teaching the kids a certain way instead of letting the parents, you know, have a say in what's going on in school. Mm -hmm. So we seem to be losing touch. And I know years ago it started in college with some professors, but it seems like now it's drifting down even into the elementary school, the young kids. Right, of course. And, And this goes back again to our dear friends, the Rockefellers. It's funny, when I was a kid and I would watch some fascinating documentary and at the end, they would roll the credits and it would say, what do you buy? You know, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation. And I was like, ooh, the Rockefellers, what wonderful people. They're bazillionaires and they produce movies like this so I can sit here with a bowl of potato chips and be mesmerized. Ah, uh, uh, the consciousness and mentality of a child. Um, it, I think I mentioned it on the previous episode, If you want to grow an onion, my mother used to say, uh, if you plant an onion, you get an onion. And of course, we all heard the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Okay. But if you destroy that onion plant, if you destroy the apple tree, you're not gonna get onions or apples or oranges or mangoes or corn or or sugar beets or wheat. You're not. So you have to create a country and sustain a country or the world for that matter by its youth, by the reproductive process If you're going to procreate in any given country and not raise the children properly, yeah, I said properly, and I people are squirming in their seats saying, there is no proper. Oh, yes, there is. There are absolutes. Because if you think that everything is okay, you're deeply, deeply uh, brainwashed. You have no idea where you're at. You're still on planet Earth. And as far as I know, you're still in the paradigm of this existential third dimension. So if if Spain wants to be Spain, and if France wants to be France, you have to raise each subsequent generation to have reverence for Spain or France. But... The people that want to change the world and bring about the new world order, people like Georgie Boy Soros or uh, any of the, the big financiers and globalists, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, we all know those names. They want control over the hearts and minds of your, of your young because the Rockefellers knew and they said this publicly, you can change an entire nation in just two generations, just two. Well, how do you do that? Through the educational system and through the manipulation of who is responsible for the children's sphere of influence. You know something, my father, my father passed in 2014 at 83 years of age. My father told me all about this stuff when I was 10. How did he know? There was no internet. Nobody had cell phones. You couldn't find this stuff on TV. Uh, I don't think if you spent a year in the New York uh, library, in in, in the library in Manhattan, opening big, big books and treatises and blowing off dust and looking at ancient scripts. I don't know how he put this stuff together. I really don't. But my father knew it. He intuitively knew it, and he passed it on to me. Uh, Other people in the family thought he was a joke. They thought he was a conspiracy theorist. I can promise you, my father was no joke, and he was no conspiracy theorist. So his mentality lives on in me, and I am thrilled to proclaim that. So, again, like we said in the the previous episode, the ancient Hebrews knew that, that if you didn't properly mold the hearts and minds of your young up until the point when they were five or six years of age, 
they were up for grabs for anybody. And now we're back to, it takes a village to raise a child. Bullshit. Whose village? Who's running the village? The town council? Really? Is it the state or county legislators? Give me a break. I don't know about you. I don't want the government, anybody's government, raising my kids, co-opting their hearts and minds, brainwashing them. That's how you completely change a nation in just two generations. Okay, I'm off the soapbox for a while now. Bill, it's your turn. <laughs> Take a break, pal. Uh, no, well, that, listen, you're 100% correct on everything you're saying. I mean, and I'll tell you what, they play the long game. Like you said, two generations, one generation, they don't care how long it takes. Right. We're going to start changing at point A, and we'll just watch it go here and here and here. And then little by little, people start joining a different side. They start thinking a little different. Right. Okay, and it gains a little momentum, a little force. People that you wouldn't think that would be like, you know, a certain a counter, a counter opinion. They all of a sudden have a counter opinion. And, and going back to the separation thing, I despise when people point at one political party or the other political party. Everybody's guilty. And, and you know, it's like... Yeah, it's true. Everybody's, everybody's guilty, maybe some more than others, but you know what? They have a job to do. And their job is supposed to be to make sure this, this country, this state, your state, your county, your town survives. Right. And if those people you entrusted don't survive, I mean, that's why I think the last president... I think he had such a tough time because he kind of ripped that scab open and exposed a lot of things going on in uh, D.C. Right. And that made a lot of people unhappy. Oh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, oh, well, George Soros says on on, on, on international television, uh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump will be, he'll be gone one way or another. Hmm. Oh, thank you, you little shithead, you little troll. <laughs> no. Georgie, you're going to be gone very soon now and I can feel it in me bones <laughs> who was that feel it in me bones where'd you go with that one <laughs> that's from everything that comes out of my mouth is from some yeah that's what I'm saying I'm well, trying, yeah. usually I recognize it that one I didn't right. recognize but right. I mean I recognized it but I think that's the problem and I you know somehow but it's awakening a lot of people I know as much as things seem to be going in one direction, I feel it's kind of people are starting, wait a minute, that's not the right way. Yeah. I mean, we were sold the bill of goods that if this right. we did this, then this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not working out. Right. You know, there's nothing, it seems like nothing is getting better, stronger, uh, you know, or right. going to survive for a long time. It's like, if anything, it seems like things are getting weaker, you know, whether it's your religion, your education, right. your family. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, right. you're well, supposed to feed the beast, not uh, starve it. Uh, feed what beast? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> well, everything in general, whatever your beast is, whether it's your family, your education, I mean, the economy, everything. You know, everything's supposed to be take care of itself. You know, you pay your taxes. And they're supposed to go for here, here, well, and here. Well, that's a hoax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Exactly. Right. I mean, where's it all going? What's it doing? Why are we? We're in debt worse and worse every year. Right. Yeah. No. No. We are. And um, don't you remember when the tolls on the parkway were supposed to go for education? Oh, yeah. And then the casinos were supposed to go for something else. I mean. Oh yeah. For the betterment of the greater Atlantic City area. Yeah. What yeah. A, what a joke. How's that working out? <laughs> yeah, not so right. good. Not so good. But you know that goes back to. The media and a, a media that is afraid in bed with and they won't question people at least not out in the open maybe they right. worry about their jobs their careers sure they are they're yeah. supposed to be our our guardians you know if somebody steps out of line at least question you mean journalists correct yeah well journalists correct. you're right and you, you got um well it's the same thing as politicians you got somebody who goes to school and becomes a poli sci major and if they're and if they're really ambitious, they get a law degree, they go to law school because they really want to be a senator or a congressman, man or woman, and they want to move up the ranks. Um, then at some point they are approached. If they're serious and if they're an influencer, they're approached. If they're not seen as an influencer, they're just kind of lateralized and they kind of fade away. But if they... If the powers that be see you as a potential influencer, they are going to set you straight. Now, when Donald Trump took the White House, 
one of the first things that happened was a uh, a Halloween ghoul bat-like creature swooped down over the White House and tried to co-opt Donald Trump and tell him how things were going to be. Who was that? Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger owns the phrase, if you, if you control the money, you control the nation. If you control the food supply, you control the world. Oh, really? He sounds a little bit like George Soros, and I see them as <laughs> the same person. They're on the same team, folks, and they're not on your team. Um, Talk to me, John, about the word. I'm going to throw a word at you. Because it's amazing to me what turns a human being a person who may have beliefs and may have start their journey very positively, whether it's in religion, politics, or anything, or as a teacher. And the word is greed. So when does somebody almost like, you know, they don't want to lose a contract. They don't want to lose you know, a job and they just sell out and they just will accept amount, amounts of money. I mean, one person that pops into mind is LeBron James. Okay. And because of that money, all of a sudden it'll, it's zip it. And we're not talking about anything or we let something go by, maybe pass a law or, you know, take a sneaker contract. I mean, we're with greed. When does a, a person... I don't need a lot of money, but I always wondered if I was in that position, I know how I would react. Right. But why yeah. are there so many sellouts? Yeah, it, I think it's just, it's part of the frailty of the uh, human condition, and it reminds me of, uh, um, it reminds me of a Charlie Daniels song, a long-haired country boy, you know, a, uh, a, poor, a poor girl wants to marry and a rich girl wants to flirt. A rich man goes to college and a poor man goes to work. A drunkard wants another drink of wine and a politician wants the vote. What does a billionaire want? More money, oh. right? A billionaire wants more money and a trillionaire ain't good unless he becomes a multi-trillionaire. And then from there, I don't know, maybe he tries to jump off the planet. Who knows? Um, the issue of greed, I think, is... Um, I think it's just inherently a, uh, a potential flaw in, in human consciousness. And, and I think that if you follow the string all the way back, or if you, I like to say, peel the layer of the onion, at some point, all of us have a sellout point. It's just that it's, it's a low-hanging fruit for, for a lot of people and other people, not so much. Other people will will stave off that that um, that that temptation to do something nefarious uh, and end up benefiting from uh, other people's woe or dismay, right? So, I mean, not wanting to lose a contract as somebody who's got a company is one thing, but actually pursuing greed is another. And I look at it like this. I've always had this sense about me ever since I was a kid. And I think you asked me in the previous episode, you know, how far back does my spirituality go? When did it Absolutely. begin? I always had a sense that I was being watched, not in a kooky, crazy way, but there was this thing about me that whether it was my higher self a guardian angel, whether it was God watching me. But before I did something, I kind of thought empathically about, should I clobber this person? He's been picking on me for three weeks. He deserves a punch in the mouth. But, you know, and I always went em empathically, geez, maybe his parents beat the crap out of him every single day and every single night. And now he's trying to bully other people in school and, and me, I'm one of them. So maybe I shouldn't punch his teeth in. Yeah, I, it, that's how my life has been. So um, it's kind of funny, you know, I, uh, I don't consider myself certainly not a communist and I'm not a socialist, 
I'm somebody, I, I'm a product of being born and raised in the United States, born in the late 1950s. Unfortunately, the, uh, the necessary evil in this world is a unit or a measure of currency, and that's, that's money. So in this country, it's, it's the U.S. dollar. And if you don't have it, you're done, you know? Money talks and bullshit walks. And I, uh, I wonder what people are really thinking when they make their priority acquiring as much money as they can. It's keep backing up the garbage truck full of money. Dump it right here. Tomorrow you're gonna dump it over here. Before you know it, they're buried in money and they've screwed their fellow man, they've hurt other people, they put other people out of business, and they don't think twice about it. They don't even think once about it. I can't live that way. I can't. So it, it makes you wonder what is in the hearts and minds of multi-billionaires. Did, you know, did, like um, the guy on Shark Tank who... Cuban? No, the other guy, uh, Mr. Wonderful, who, found, oh, who yeah. founded the Learning Channel, I think, and then he says, and I sold it for $3.4 billion. Wow, that's wonderful. I don't think you screwed anybody in that deal. Probably not. But the rest of the world is grappling and clawing and biting and scratching their way to the top of the heap, regardless of what it means for other people. And... Uh, I think that those 3,000 or so elite know that they've put the rest of the world in that situation, and that's how they manipulate us. It's, you know, it's long been said life is leverage, and uh, leverage is literally, literally a big lever that can if, it, you can, if you have a lever that's big enough, you can lift the world, right? Well, leverage just means anything that gets you to do what you ordinarily would not have done. So this dog-eat-dog -dog world immediately fosters the agenda of the dark side, which is to pit us all against each other. And if we can go and, uh, and make some money today, we want more money tomorrow. And that's that crucial takeoff. So greed is like equivalent to power? Maybe is it a power thing? The more money I have, the more power I have. Well, I, I think it's, uh, I think for people it's that, but if I think if you really peel that onion, I think what lies at the heart of greedy people is fear. And that's, that's what this world is all about. It's, we live in a fear-based paradigm where our egos are, what I would call the seat of the will of man and the father of fear. And even though every single one of us is born with a, with a spark of the creator, a God center in us, and that resides in, in an area that's known as the Merkaba. And the Merkaba is really kind of like two triangle, uh, not triangles, two pyramids superimposed over one another. So it looks like a six-sided star, but it's a three-dimensional object. I've actually witnessed the Merkaba of, uh, of, a, uh, of a past friend. Very few get to see the Merkaba, and the Merkaba is also known as the Chariot of Fire. Don't know if we went over that already before. May have been a different production I was talking about that on. But um, we live in a fear-based world. And well, how does that all work? It's actually, it sounds complicated, but it's really, really simple. We come here in this system of duality. And uh, did we talk about duality last, last episode where physically in this world is a left and a right, physically left and right, not politically, ideologically left or right. Uh, there's up, down, hot, cold, right, you know, right, wrong, that kind of stuff, sure. north, south. So we live in a uh, system of physical duality, but we also are born into spiritual duality, right? Okay. It's the angel on one shoulder and oh. Satan with the pitchfork on the other, each chirping in our ear about what to do, right? And uh, 
when uh, when we think about how we were, I also just got lost in my vision again. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, we were talking about, uh, we went to greed a while ago, and then right. power, how the two are mixed. And I'm going to ask you a question, John, mm. about success. So you have greed, power, and I was purposely leading it this way. What is your definition of success? Because everybody has their own definition of success, whether right. it's money, uh, two homes, right. uh, a relationship. I mean, what is your idea uh, right. of success? Right, and I, just going back to the previous thought, and I apologize, because sometimes when I, when I bring up a topic and I speak on it, I actually am there. I actually remove myself oh. when I'm in that other world. But I think the question was, like, greed. What is greed? I think that's what you yeah, asked. Yeah, like, like right? why, when is enough I, enough for people? Right, and, and the, when you peel the layers of the onion, what's at the center of greed is fear. So if we come into this world of physical duality, um, the shame on me, male, female. Mm. Okay, that's that's also another. Hush, hush. It's a it's also another aspect of how we live in this this system of duality. There's spiritual duality, which means we're all built with we're all born with an ego, and the ego is the seat of fear, and, and it's the father of fear and the seat of the will of man. Well. The will of man is seated in the ego, and we're all born with free will. But our God center is constantly, constantly monitoring and trying to strengthen the ego so that it's not completely fear-based, right? So your, your personal will, your human will, the will of man individually and collectively is constantly constantly fighting a battle against your god center okay all you got to do is turn on network news and watch five minutes of network news and you're watching a production based in fear and it's a it's a collective that's controlling and ugly and it comes to you by the collective ego or the collective will of man that's what war is. War comes to you by the collective will of man, not by people's God centers. Certainly not. I'm sorry. Back to the back to success. What is your idea of success? I mean, why is success what motivates people? Uh, I think that wanting success. We, I, think that, I think that we, you know, most of us don't really know what success is. We don't understand when we would consider ourselves successful. Uh, when we talk about things like the law of attraction, I think most people have heard by now the law of attraction. It seems to be one of the great universal laws that's everywhere. Um, to manifest what we think we want, we have to define. We have to be definitive in, in how we define what we want we have to put a priority on a list of things we want and then to actually manifest it via prayer or the law of attraction, that big, big, big crucial ingredient that makes it all work, believe it or not, is emotion, right? Think about this, right? When you really, really, really want something, you, 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 you cry over it. You, you laugh hysterically if it comes you're so thrilled it all comes down to your intent the energy that you're putting out into the universe and if you don't use the power of your emotion you're just it's like you want to get on the railroad track going this way uh but you're on the wrong train huh. <laughs> like ralph Cramden. yeah we're not going to minnesota um so a lot of people don't really have a direction or an understanding of what they think success would be. They don't. And so what happens is they live life by default. And default is just, you know, accepting anything that comes your way. And I don't think that's a good way to live your life. Oh, absolutely. Think how that, that, that idea of success has changed over the decades. I mean, where I grew up on my street, I mean, everybody lived in a Cape Cod house right next door to each other. Everybody had one car. Yeah. Your mom was home. 
Your dad had a job, and and that was it. And you raised a family, and your kids went off and were productive human beings in society. Right. That used to be, you know, the American dream, the white picket fence, and that was success. Right. But somewhere around the, along the line now, it's just like it changed. And the women talked while they were putting their clothes out on the clothesline. Clothes <laughs> right. Yeah. And they yeah. would they would kind of they knew when you know the next door neighbor would. <sighs> Be doing yeah, the clothesline yeah. thing, so they came out at the same time. Hey, and listen, everybody's mom had the uh, right to yell at you, scream at you, and send oh, you sure. home, and oh yeah, talk to your parents, and wait till your father came home, that type of oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it seems so simple, but I mean, just think how. I mean, everybody seemed happy back then. You know, life was way more simple than it is That's today. Right. And then just think how right. complicated it gets now. Right. I mean, just think about back in the day. I mean, we sound so old talking like this. I mean, God, well, you know, one we, TV in the we house. We are old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, shh, don't say that too loud. We had one TV in the house. I mean, my kids grew up. Everybody had their own TV. We had a TV in the kitchen, a TV in the living room. Right. And there were TVs everywhere. My father would not allow it. No, I yeah, I, uh, my brother asked him for a TV once because I shared a 9 by 12 bedroom with my brother who was four years older than me and three times my size. <sighs> He says, no, Dad, I, you know, it's time we get a TV in my room. And uh, my father just looked at him, and that's all he had to do. And he just said, not happening, pal. And my father was like 6'3 and a half, 250, uh, you know, scholarship to Georgia University for football. He was a very kind, gentle soul. But if you pushed him beyond his threshold, you better look out. He could stare you down. Oh, he was. You knew he, that look. He was good, and then and then he always said to us, if we really pushed him, he would put his big ass finger on our forehead, and usually he would back us up against the wall, kind of bounce bounce our head off the wall with his finger on our forehead, and he he'd always end it with, if I ever decided to hit you, I'd have to call an ambulance. Prior, he never did hit us. He never had to hit us. No, no, just a thought. I mean, so when you look at it that, that way, what the past was like, uh, how we grew up, and now you look into the future, I mean, it doesn't, it looks pretty bleak. Right. So with that, let me say this, that uh, Phil and I, our intent with this podcast is not to just shovel gloom or shovel negativity, because if you want that, just turn on network news. Don't do that because your brains will drip out your nose and your ears. Um, and they're all full of shit. They're lying to you anyway. I promise they're lying to you. They're brainwashing you. No, the, our agenda is not to shovel, shovel shit. No. Uh, we need to talk about the crap in our society. We need to expose the darkness. And then hopefully by the end of each episode or collectively at the end of several episodes in, a, in a, a greater segment, we'll talk about what it is that you and I and Phil can do to, to guard against this. What do we do to stop a tyrannical new world order? And if you think that this is just a joke, and if you think that, that we're conspiracy theorists, I promise you, I promise you, my brothers and sisters, it's not a joke. All you have to do is take your head out of your ostrich hole. <laughs> I could have said another hole. So right? that's where you were yeah, going. Yeah, I, I know. I know you knew that. Yes, Phil and I know each other from day one of uh, freshman year in high school. Not only was he my neighbor um, in homeroom, he sat right next to me, but he and his family had moved in right next door to us. And so he was my next door neighbor. And we met each other day one, freshman year in high school in Cedar Grove, New Jersey at Memorial High School. And, uh, you know, we quickly became brothers from another mother. Amen, bro. Right. Amen. And um, so. Um, 50 years later, here it, we are. Yeah. Just about. So, um, you know. So there is hope. There, oh, there's there's definitely hope. and And let's just talk a little bit now about the hope and then with the next episode maybe we can delve further into the hope because like okay. I said we're not about just shoveling shit here we do not want to leave you with a downer we don't want you to be worried and frightened no 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 this production is all about how you and we will win because 
there is a creator. It's not Klaus Schwab. It's not one of the Rockefellers. It's not George Soros. It's not Donald Trump. Certainly not. It's certainly not Hillary Clinton. Uh, no, it's not a globalist, corporatist, modern-day robber baron. There is a creator of the universe, and that loving, creative, magnanimous force is watching you and cheering you on to defeat the forces of darkness. And if you think of the planet as an electrical gadget, so to speak, where there's a negative charge and a positive charge. All we have to do is tip the scales, tip the scales toward the positive, tip the scales toward the light and not the dark, right? Because you know what they say, uh, all the darkness in the world, and this is a quote from one of my besties, St. Francis of Assisi, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light from a single candle. Oh. Right. But the light destroys the darkness all the time, every time. So I think we'll, 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 we'll end this particular episode with this notion. You can consider it a little bit of homework, and that's okay. Please, if you don't pray... Learn how to pray. There's lots of videos on the internet on how to pray. And um, doesn't take long. It doesn't it, take it, much time. It doesn't day. take long. And then learn how to meditate. So prayer, as far as I'm concerned, is a discussion between you and God. And it doesn't matter what you call God. You can have any particular religious slash ethnic name for what you call the creator. Go with it. Because it's it's your it's your power play. I promise you, it's your power play. You're never ever ever gonna lose. Um, so prayer is just a heartfelt conversation between you and your God. And please remember to bring your heart. Your brain is good, your tongue is good, your private thoughts are great. But if you leave your heart out of it, you're 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 like sitting in a Ferrari and there's no gas in it. So bring the gas, which is your emotion. And the next step, I would say, after prayer, is to learn how to meditate. And meditating is not just talking to God. Meditating is actually rising your, raising your vibration so that you transcend the third dimension that you're in. And you raise your level of energy so that you literally start to rise in the dimensions that you go through. Because I promise you there are many, many dimensions. There are parallel dimensions. And the deities that you know and love, again, it doesn't matter what you call them. It could be Babaji, Krishna, Jesus Christ, Moses, uh, Muhammad, uh, the prophet. It, it doesn't matter, right? They're all still there. They're, they haven't perished and their bodies may be dust in the wind maybe but that's not what counts they still exist they're eternal beings that had a temporary physical experience here in the third dimension and that in a sense is no different than exactly who you are so when you meditate clear your monkey brain brain clear your the chatter in your mind and learn how to calm down and get into a conversation with your creator. And the meditative part comes in when you literally create the vision that you're elevating and that you're going to a higher dimension. And when you do, and when your intent is realized, the deities that you know and love will descend and meet you halfway. How do I know? because I do it all the time, and it's described in one of the chapters in my book. So, God bless you, my friends. Um, don't let that term, God bless you, offend you. Get over yourselves. You didn't come here from a big bang. That's a television show, okay? So, uh, can't wait to see you again.
Phil, great any job, last John. thoughts? No, great job. We covered a lot of topics today. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next podcast already. I Dynamite. Can't wait. See you soon. Thank you. Peace. All right. Mic's off, John, please. I hope it was recording. <laughs> <laughs>